Welcome back to the Bigger Hunters podcast, your host Hunter Dydle. Thanks for tuning in. We're in the heat of summer and uh, sometimes it gets hard to make it through the week with uh, the 90 or 100 degree temperatures, but I uh, hope you're sitting in your uh, cool office or maybe your vehicle somewhere where it has air conditioning and you're going to sit down and enjoy this podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Redbeard's Custom Calls. Today we talk about goose hunting, Redbeard's Custom Calls and goose hunting go hand in hand. Andrew makes some incredible goose calls. I've seen him use those goose calls to have uh, geese literally land at our feet. One almost landed on my head. So go ahead and check him out on Facebook. Uh, he posts all of his calls and uh, get in contact with him to get a call. Uh, today we talk about a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, some some of the stuff that's going on in our lives. Jeremy's getting a new pub. I know we've kind of talked about it before, but uh, he's going to be picking it up this Friday. So Kind of just discussing what his uh, strategy is here for the first couple weeks and what uh, his excitement is about the pup. Uh, then we get into my gender reveal. Uh, as if you maybe you have or haven't listened, uh, Shay and I are having a baby, and we managed to get uh, the gender this week. So we kind of discuss on what the gender is and some of the pros and the cons and some of my uh, my ideas moving forward and my hopes and dreams and. Um, yeah, it's, uh, really exciting. Obviously it's a new stage in life. We're looking forward to Shay and I. So, uh, last but not least, what the episode's about is return of the giants. Uh, there was a post that was made by, uh, Gear custom calls. Uh, Scott's good dude. He was posting about, uh, he lives out in Minnesota and, uh, return of the giants was in 1962. They managed to find the giant, uh, Canada again. So, I discuss some of the history, talk about uh, Return of the Honks, and we talk about some of their migration patterns, and just kind of go over this article that I had found and did some research too. So it's uh, pretty cool of seeing some of the uh, revelations that have happened and uh, conservation that's managed to happen and uh, where we are right now. So go ahead and uh, sit back, enjoy, and let's go ahead and jump in the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Your host Hunter Dydle and my co-host Jeremy. Oh yeah, on Fish Three Six Five. Make sure to subscribe uh, if you got the time. Got because it ain't gonna be no crime. Hey, because you're a dime. Oh, <laughs> bad rap. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but on a serious note tonight, we're going to be talking about something that I, I find pretty exciting. But before we get there, we need to talk about Jeremy's new puppy. Oh, yeah. So, Jeremy, tell us about your puppy. Well, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I, I know that, but talking about like, okay, let's talk about your like your first two week plan. Like, what do you plan when you get the puppy? Like. That kind of stuff. Well, I've been, I've already been gazing upon the, 
I am going to go with the Cornerstone route, which if if you've never used that app or that program, I just looking at it and what I've looked at so far, it is so self-explanatory. It's almost gross. <laughs> I literally, I won't lie, for like the last couple of weeks, I've been panicking as to what the heck to do, like the early stages. I know yeah. what to do once I start, you know, actually, you know, the training, but it's the mannerisms, the behaviors, the, you know, just those small first initial things to start getting them learning that I just kind of clueless. Yeah. So, but I've been looking through, um, probably, so I don't technically have the puppy yet. I get her, if I can get off work in time, I get her this Friday. If I can't get off work in time, I'll get her Saturday. And then, immediately i'm pretty much going into crate training and then socialization for those first for that first week uh there was one other thing that it was talking about for the first week trying to remember oh just certain behaviors checking their behaviors because i'm not one of those people that hates when dogs get up on them like that doesn't bother me but i certainly don't want my dog to learn it unhealthy aspects of getting up on things like getting up on tables that's a no for me i like the dog on the couch i would gladly sleep with a dog in my bed um which will actually make the first couple weeks hard because i want to crate train the puppy for sure yeah and of course at night i'm gonna be like oh cute puppy no right (laughs) stay good night night but i gotta crate train her yeah right but yeah i didn't i don't think i even made it a full night with nola really? zeus i made it about two or three days uh took like the second or third day zeus we came downstairs somehow had gotten out of the cage and was like literally like tucked under the couch and so like shay was just like so upset that he was there alone by himself. I was like, what's the difference between the couch and the crate? Yeah. But at the same time, she was like super upset. And then after that, he started sleeping with us, which he actually did pretty well. Like he never really peed or pooped. Well, he was like in the bed with us. So that was like, that was a win. And Nala didn't, not even a day. Like she was down there for like half an hour, brought her up. and Couldn't take the whining or... No, it couldn't take the cuteness. Yeah, see, that's my fear. I can deal, like, when Trell got his dog, like, a week after he got it, they they had a vacation, so I took care of him. Yeah. And I did all right with him and, like, didn't have to, like, talk myself down from, you know, <laughs> holding him and whatnot. I, I put, him in, put him where he was staying and, you know, got him out. I mean, it's going to be a long cu- first couple nights. Yeah. But... I don't know. I wouldn't be that hard on yourself if you do flip because, I mean, if you put them in the crate when you leave, they get used to it. So, like, yeah. now even though she, I don't think she's ever slept in the crate a day in her life, she's still, like, really well crate trained. I guess that makes me feel a little better. So. Because, you know, I I know my parents just got their new puppy. Now it's not, it's a totally different breed, acts totally different. But my mom wishes that they had crate trained her. But granted, at the same time, they kind of have because, I mean, they keep her in a pen yeah, for the most part. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just going off of what the video is saying. I will say 
I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I definitely talked to you about it. Um, the last time I saw you is that I'm like worried about my expectations of myself for, for what I am capable of getting her to do after watching this video after just watching the first couple videos and how they explain it. And it's very easily put and like it, inst- like it put confidence into me about the training process. And yeah. I just literally was like, all right, I feel a little better. I think I can do a lot more of this than I thought I could. Yeah. <laughs> Even, uh, me, Terrell and his fiance, we went and walked around shields, bought a few things and, we looked at whistles, and I have always told myself, I was like, I don't care about whistles. But <laughs> I looked at the whistles, and I was like, all right, maybe, maybe I could get myself to try and do it. But mm-hmm. I don't, I, I would say, I mean, I'm not a trainer, so if trainer berates me, it's not my problem. <laughs> I would, if it were me again, if I would go back, I would, I would whistle train Nala. Not, to, yeah. not to say that I would use it that much but that's the other thing too you can whistle with your mouth to get their attention and like get them to stop and like look so yeah. you can give them direction so like well i would have to have a full-blown whistle i can't whistle to save my life mm. so but so yeah the first couple of weeks you know getting any vet stuff that i need done it's all real like real because i've i bought food and everything like set up her little area look at you go yeah i I spent this last weekend pretty much getting the house ready because I knew I had a busy week this week for work. Yeah, I would say the one positive aspect that I would think of for you is that I mean, positive and negative, but any single ladies on this is the Bigger Turners <laughs> podcast, Jeremy is single. Uh, you've been but, milking that tonight. <laughs> but uh, and he's got a new puppy and a new house, as you know. So yeah. Probably even got some medical insurance for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> that was a good one, but uh, no, it is a single guy. It's a little bit easier to train a dog because you don't have another person like like giving it bad habits. Yeah, and like no, I, I, I love the women in our lives to death, my wife, but they do tend to give them bad bad habits, especially as puppies, because they let the puppy get away with things because they're so cute. Yeah. Oh well, I'm. I already will struggle with that for myself. Yeah. Cause like I'm, I'm definitely more of a nurturing person. So I don't, I'm not super strict, uh, which is, that is definitely going to be a learning curve for me is, you know, putting, putting, pushing as much of the whining away as possible. You know, the not quite getting it and just accepting it. Like I just don't, that'll be a learning curve for me for sure. Yeah. Cause I love dogs, and I can remember when we got my last family dog, because he wasn't, we didn't get him when he was a puppy, but the very first day we met him and we picked him up and whatnot, the guy had, the guy that we got him from um, had taught the dog, like, several tricks, and literally just in a 15-minute period of time, he was showing me all the tricks. The dog didn't quite do the trick, and I basically just was like, okay, that's good enough. And he was like, no, don't do that. So I got to, <laughs> but I, I do agree not having a second voice to, uh, distract from what you're trying to teach the puppy will help a lot. And I actually am really, 
not concerned about, you know, when I may have a, you know, a t- period of time where I need somebody to watch over the dog. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely concerned about who I, like who I'll have do that. I, everybody's going to enjoy the puppy, but I, you know, want them to be consistent with it. Yeah. So, but I feel you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got a good feeling about this dog. It's like, it was like, it was meant to be. I, I don't, I know we, we talked about all this stuff in the whole good vibes podcast. So forgive me for it being a little bit of a recap, I guess, if you're a consistent listener, if you're not go back and listen to that podcast. Cause there's a lot more in it. Mm. Uh, I mean, you get, it's kind of a weird way to say it, but you're still making a lifetime commitment for, well, I guess the dog, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just go to Canada and a duck attacks you. You never know. There's a small chance, but there's still a chance a duck could kill you someday. <laughs> Real dark. Real. I <laughs> no, but seriously, it's a lifetime commitment for for the dog. So, yeah. like, it is a big deal. So, don't feel bad for talking about it. No, uh, uh, yeah. Man, I lost my train of thought, though. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. You caught me so off guard with the whole being killed by a duck thing, and it's a small chance, but it's still a chance. <laughs> what do you must? I just think about this. If if you're talking about a a, a, a waterfowl, so waterfowl, right? Uh-huh. Which which waterfowl would you be most likely to die by? Like, which waterfowl do you think is most likely to kill you? I mean, are sandhill cranes technically waterfowl, or are they some other form of species? They'd be technically waterfowl. Are they? I mean, I sure as heck, I've seen plenty of videos and pictures of, and heard stories of those birds absolutely attacking dogs. And at the same time, like, attacking people, hmm. like, when they've been shot. Yeah. I mean, they have some gnarly, gnarly beaks. But at the same time, have you, um, oh, gosh, what is his name? Have you seen the video? He's one of the guys in the Flyaway Collective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hoke Outdoors. I can't yeah. remember his actual name. Somebody will probably... They'll know who I'm talking about. Where he gets whacked with that goose. Yeah. Dude, talk about something that I can't believe didn't kill him. Yeah, right. Like, he got hit full force with, like, a 16-pound goose. And that bird came came down from about 30 yards. Yeah. Like, I... That. I if I was going to say, okay, some... <laughs> Yours, yours is a sandhill crane. Is that what you're going with? It would be a toss-up between getting beaked to death by a sandhill crane or getting whacked in the head by a Canadian goose flying out of the sky. Mine, so Canada goose, most of the time when I hunt them, them on land, so they'd knock me out. More than likely, not killer, concussion, yes. That's what he got. For me, here's my logic. I'm sitting in a marsh. And we've all had an experience where teal are just like flying right over the reeds. Dude, oh, knockout. Lights out. Boom, lights out, marsh, no one's around. 
gone. Yeah, no, I mean, I could see that. Most Especially likely. if it comes from behind you and whacks you in the back of the head. Yeah. Kind of stuns you a little bit. Just yeah, knocks no, you out. That's, falls in the water. Can't breathe. That, that is, that's a fair one. Because I've, I've almost been hit in the head several times by teal. Yeah. Like, the, especially if you're in those reeds that are like just right at your head level. Yep. And it's early in the morning, man. They can't, they can't tell. Nope. And they're just buzzing. Yeah, I would give you a deal. I, I could see that one, especially shin deep water, knee deep water. Yeah. yeah. By yourself. Lights out, baby. Yep. I mean, get up to heaven. How do you die? I don't know. <laughs> I was hungry. It was just dark. <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was, and that was it. <laughs> that was the end of it. Sounded like a plane was hitting me from behind. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like what? No, I, this is really messed up. But like your wife is like walking the funeral. Like how did he die? Teal hit him. <laughs> Teal hit him in the head. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, that was yeah, uh, random topic. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. You and oh, I guess I could say it before we before we get on our topic here. <laughs> I figured everybody. Wants to know. Talked about it a little bit. Did you po- post it on the I haven't yet. Form. The gender of the baby, ladies and gentlemen. It's a girl. <laughs> I don't He's know. actually really happy about it. <laughs> I don't know how quite to feel. There's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. It's a child. I don't know. I just always feel bad for girls that are going to be born into what she's going to be born in into. Like... She's going to have, like, you as a dad. And I would I would expect that you'll be a reasonably, like, not overly bearing, protective dad. Yeah. But she's also going to have, like, a whole bunch of people in the group that are like, Hunter said this happened and, like, we're there. Right. <laughs> like, as soon as we figured out it was a girl, <laughs> me and Dane were already <laughs> planning this one out. <laughs> I, I'm for the, because it was just a gender reveal, but for the actual baby shower, I, I wasn't even joking. I'm, I'm going to get you like a really nice cleaning set. <laughs> I just want to like the kid walks in and just be like, you know what? I literally spend most of my waking moments thinking about finding things and killing them. Mm-hmm. Just want just you to know. Let that settle in, bud. So <laughs> <laughs> literally what I do. <laughs> nah, we'll just be we'll all be sitting there cleaning our shotguns. It's like, hey, you remember that one marsh way back on that piece of property that nobody knows about? It's about hip deep. You could hide a body back there pretty easily. Oh, you must be her new boyfriend. <laughs> hey, have you uh you've have you met my buddies? Like he he owns some property that It'd be really hard to find anyone ever again. And you also know that same buddy that, man, he can really hit a deer from it. Like 600 yards. Like, that's crazy. A lot of coyotes out there, man. They shred deer to part. You just never hear from from them again. (laughs) Oh, this sounds like we're murderers now, but no, I. We might be. Well, I. I'll be that same exact dad if I have girls. Like, yeah. more for the meme. 
like I 100% would be just doing it for the meme because I'm a really nice dude. But at the same time, there is some seriousness. It's like that's my daughter, or in yeah. this case, your daughter. Like, and which I consider you family at this point. So, like, I told Shay that I gotta. I, I mean, I work out, but I was like, now I have to really get like buff, <laughs> shredded, and be like massive, and just be like, hey, you're gonna redefine the dad bod. Amen. Just like <laughs> super maxed out muscle and a gut. Joe Rogan looking. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. That's a good one though. Uh, <laughs> I, what I can't. What's the show he used to be on? Fear Factor. Yeah. I was so like our TV. You can set it, and it's like Samsung TV Plus, and it goes straight to Fear Factor. Mm-hmm. Dude, I forgot how funny, funny, like savagely funny Joe Rogan was. Yeah, like some lady had some like uh, uh, Christina was Christina Aguilar. I, I know it was Angelina Jolie like tattoo, and he would just like subtly like make fun of her. <laughs> He's like, oh, you gonna do it for Angelina? And she'd she'd like look like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> just like, oh my god, what a savage. Uh, but back on topic, I, the the positives. I look forward to having a girl. I think I'm gonna connect with her. I mean, I connect with Nala being a girl. Like, I think that's a good thing for me. I mean, I gotta say, you told me that the other day. The whole connection with Nala. Yeah. I stay. I kept a real straight face, but I was dying inside. Why? Because for for some reason, just when you told me that, it hit me. It was like, wow, he's really comparing his daughter to a dog. <laughs> How dare you? Nala is, Nala is my. Daughter. I know. I know. I just. It was. It Nala just, is my. Princess. I. I. Hey. I. I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. But it just. I was like, hey. It just hit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll understand. Oh, I will. You'll I understand. I haven't even got my puppy yet, and I understand. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. No, I sent Shay a video the other day, and it was a, uh, it was uh, a husband like hugging his wife on the couch and like cuddling, mm-hmm. and his his daughter walks up and like i want daddy and the lady was like no i want your dad oh was it on tiktok yeah and just like the yeah the the girl just like pulls her mom like pulls her shirt and she like goes over and her mom or the daughter just like crawls up and like crawls in mom had this face of disbelief yeah like (laughs) but i told shay i was like not only is it nala now it's nala and the child that's gonna be doing that I think Shay's more worried about you guys having a girl than you are. I think so. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I am kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like, we're going to have our own little uh, girl tribe going on because Jared's got two girls now. He's got uh, June and then he's got Maggie and then obviously my girl. And then you got Brad's. It's like a whole little, we're going to have a whole little tribe of huntresses that are better at killing stuff than most people hey uh single girls apparently i gotta get caught up here i don't, I don't you're want, ready for a I child i don't want to be left out like you're ready for a child no <laughs> no ladies he's got medical insurance oh, he's ready gosh. for a child especially a girl so uh, him up. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny if someone messaged you though like for real <laughs> Like, hey, I, I already had medical insurance. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and a house and, like, one of kids. So, like, 
Let's go. Uh, mercy. P.S. I will do an induct blind. Uh, <laughs> 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 That'd be pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. But no, I'm 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 excited. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So I don't. Maybe she if she likes to hunt. Awesome. I'm gonna take her hunting. I'm gonna give her that opportunity. If she doesn't. It's okay too. She's gonna have her own personality, her own likes and dislikes. They just, just uh, if she doesn't like hunting, make sure she gets really into like instruments instead of sports, so that you don't miss too many weekends. Yeah, you ain't wrong there. Yeah, but I told, I was joking with Dane, and nobody take offense to this because it was just a, just a joke. I was like, you know, like they used to sell daughters off for like donkeys and like horses or land. <sighs> Like, can I, like, sell my daughter off for, like, hunting rights? <laughs> like, find a guy that has some, like, private, like, club land that's, like, amazing somewhere and just be, like, I'm going to be, like, very strategic on, like, trying to, like, encourage her to find an attractive, well-educated male that will provide for her but also has family hunting land that yeah. I have access to now. Yeah. So, I mean... Got to find the advantages. <laughs> Hopefully in Montana, because, you know, that sounds like a good area. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, let's get on to what we're actually going to talk about tonight. So something that came up, uh, is actually Mold Gear that came up with it. Uh, they always come out with their, like, American Freedom Calls, and I've got uh, I've got one of them, two of them, one of them. I don't know, either way. I got a couple of Mold Gear Calls, and I think I got one of the American Freedom ones. But he came out with, he's got his own, uh, Scott's got his own lineup of uh, decoys now. And I think he's making them with Big Al and incorporated with Big Al. But his big thing is he loves Canada hunting. That's like always been his big thing. And uh, I wanted to talk about tonight, talk about the history of the giant Canada goose. Why I wanted to talk about that. There's a few things. There's a lot of history that I didn't know that I learned, one, which was cool. Two, um, two of it kind of affects our hunting style. And then three, I just like Canada geese, and I like shooting them in the face. <laughs> but they aren't as deadly as a teal, Apparently. in my opinion. So let's talk about the giant Canada goose. It's actually one of the best stories of conservation ever, like ever. So in the 1900s, and this happened not just with Canada goose, but this happens to turkeys. This happened to a lot of wildlife, like the elk. And basically what hunting came down to was our farming was coming along in the United States, but the big thing was there was market hunting, over hunting on a lot of populations. There was no conservation, and it was just kind of a wild ride on animals like giant Canada goose. Used to be hunted. They basically got hunted to into extinction until it's like early 1900s. They thought they were extinct, just gone. They didn't even think they exist. Now the lesser Canada goose still existed, but the giant Canada goose they thought were gone. Same thing. I mean, turkey population that I know of in like late 1900s, early 19, 1800s, early 1900s. They were, like, down to, like, 30,000 was the population of the U.S. Compared yeah. to, like, millions when they got here. 
or their estimated population. So market hunting and conservation, the North America conservation model, what they've managed to do with the giant can of the goose was, so they got to the point where they thought they were extinct, right? No more honks, right? That's a bad thing. So they managed to find the first flock of Canada geese in the night in 1960s. I think it's 1962 in Rochester, Minnesota. Of all places, Rochester, Minnesota. That's surprising, but okay. Found them, managed to keep them from being shot <laughs> <laughs> and conserve that population. And now I think the latest estimates are like 4 million, mm-hmm. right? So what they were able to do with the Canada geese and keep people from hunting them at that point was that the fact that they didn't go very far and they were actually on a conservation area that way no one could get to them. And they managed to conserve them, keep everybody away and manage to bring back the population. So, I mean, if you have less, there was hundred, like maybe a hundred of them left mm-hmm. to the point where now we have a 4 million, like that's pretty incredible. So like, I think that's, for me, obviously shows pretty clearly how conservation models can really uh, really change everything that's going, that can happen. Uh, let's see here. It was the three, yeah. In fact, there are subspecies thought to be extinct for nearly three decades until Harold C. Hansen, of Natural History Survey discovered the small remnant population in Rochester, Minnesota in the early 1960s. So there was a few other isolated populations they managed to find as well. But the big thing about the Canada geese when they got to that small subset of species was the fact that they didn't really migrate very far because they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't migrate because they were always having new broods. Mm -hmm. Um, And that at the time... It sounds like it would wasn't that cold in the 60s down there. but um, I think the big thing that I wanted to bring up, and I was reading in this, was the fact that um, they talk about they, they don't migrate predictably. Like most Canada geese do not pr- migrate predictably. So I guess I'm bringing up in this podcast the fact that, and I, I was talking about Jared about this today. So it all it kind of comes together. Kind of weird, but it comes together. So Jared and I were talking about it today. Talking about, like, he's been here, he got out of the Army like, 2005, and when he got out of the military, he's like, man, it would... He used to snow, like, pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Not every week, but, you know, every couple... At least every couple weeks. He's like, you know, the last couple of years, we've gotten, like, two make, main snows a year maximum. Yeah. <clears throat> and talking about that, it's like... You start correlating that, and then you correlate just how many, like, lessers we had last year. He's like, that's the other thing it says in the article, is that lessers tend to migrate more predictably, whereas giants or honks, honkers, they they migrate unpredictably, mm-hmm. not predictably. That's a weird, weird way to say it. But the fact that we, like, have less and less honkers each year is because... We have less and less winter each year. And it's just weird how that correlates where it's like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense now. 
It's like, son of a gun. If we could just, like, get some. Oh, my gosh, I just got attacked by a fly. Yeah, <laughs> your fly. But <laughs> I went in circles. What's your thoughts? So, uh, just to make sure I'm clear on this, what you're what you're saying is, you're saying it makes sense as to why geese are so unpredictable now. Well, a it's just like, you. it's talking about, you know, I I knew by the end of season this year, a lot of the reasons why we didn't get big geese was because of winter, right? That's just normal. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get much snow, and it didn't get crazy, crazy cold. And that, that I absolutely believe that's why we uh, had the lessers. Lessers don't, in my opinion, they don't follow the ice line. But they, they, it's like they stay within reason of it, though. They, you know what? Actually, okay. To me, lessers migrate like our early ducks usually do. They'll get here in October, late October, early November, could start showing up. But who knows what the hell they're going to do after that. Yeah, I agree. Like some years they're going to go super far south, some years they're going to find a place where they're going to stay. Usually, the last decade, it's been North Oklahoma and Kansas, I would say, where is where a majority of them get to. Yeah, a lot get to Texas, but I would say the majority are on that Oklahoma-Kansas border. Yeah. And then, yeah, we usually start to see the bigger honkers. But I've always had this belief when it comes to waterfowl in general Even though, yes, historically speaking, migrations have changed a little bit, you can never predict predict how a, a mi- migration is going to look. Every single year is going to be different. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I think a lot of the reason that we didn't see uh, our... Uh, we've talked about this. The reason we didn't see ducks last year is because we straight up just didn't have much water in this yep. area. And uh, th- on the east side of the state... I mean, literally, a storm that came through in late September, early October shifted 75 miles to our east and hit Iowa and flooded Iowa and all the birds went right down the border, basically, along Iowa yeah. uh, for the east side, the birds that come through the east side of the state. And there's been plenty of evidence. Um, there's charged all, charts all over Osborne Labs. If you've never heard of them, check them out on Instagram really cool and formative group of people that have been banding and studying migrations for oh lord i don't even know how long um that's usually who i follow to see migration patterns and on top of that your most recent migrations so i yeah what was it early november last year we saw that uh I told you that graphic. was happening. And well, was, we we were all kind of thinking it was happening, and then that graph came out, yeah. and it was like, okay, well, yeah, because like half of the birds that they had banded that last winter yeah. went straight up through Nebraska into South Dakota in the spring, as they usually do, which an unreal number of birds did that again this year. Yeah. That's why I, you know, I get giddy every time I see rain in the forecast, which these next two weeks are really ki- killing my hope right now. But mm-hmm. it's almost like I said something about that. It's almost like I said something like to that effect. Or 
Anyway, <laughs> and then in the fall, literally that graph came out, and all the birds got to the north end of Nebraska, saw we had no water, and literally followed uh, along the border of Iowa into Arkansas. See you. And uh, yeah, that was brutal. But going back to the geese, especially the graders. Oh, for instance, um, we should. I know the group shot a lot of lessers this year, a lot more than usual. Saw a lot more than usual. You were losing your mind because lessers are not fun, in your opinion. I think they, they're fun. I just think that I don't know how to hunt them very well. Yeah, I, I have a feeling we're gonna have to learn how to hunt them. <laughs> Which I can tell you one thing that Jared's not gonna like. What? I think you got to get rid of the A-frames to kill lessers. I haven't. I don't have the heart to tell them. I think you got to get because everyone I see who kills lessers like crazy, they're in layout blinds. They're in there. They're just they make a massive blob and they sit in the middle of it. Mm, I think it'd work really well if you did fence lines, but this is like the best way to do it in my opinion. If you were going to go that route, like each hunt. You show up with two trash cans. You fill the trash cans up with um, as much corn stock as you can finally find. Like, you get mm-hmm. out there and rake. That's literally, like, one or two guys' job. That's all you do is rake. And then, basically, those you've those layout binds basically look like piles of corn or corn stalks. Because I've yeah. done it a couple times, and it it, do, it does work. It does. I've, I've done that before as well. So, it's but it takes work. But at the same time, you putting up an a-frame works but but anyways so we there was a bunch of lessers this year but even in late february when i was finishing out what was left of the ice fishing season and we had complete locked ice there was nothing that was not frozen around here yeah Uh, we even had some of our smaller creeks that were frozen um i saw several flocks each day of just Greater Canada's. Sometimes I don't. I do. I don't know where they sit. Sometimes, Mm-mm. like they they are that bird that sometimes it's like they just do their own thing. They'll find open water somewhere, kind of like those late season mallards that follow the snow line. Yep. If they can find water and keep it open, and not have to fly further south, they're gonna yeah. do that. Um. I absolutely think that's why they kind of disappeared for a while there because no one could find them. They weren't moving. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it. I, I just find it interesting. Uh, I I like to be the optimist and think that I, I, I want I want the honkers back. Like, y'all need to give them back because they're, they're much more fun to kill. Actually, I like killing lessers because then you're just angry at them. And it's fun to watch them fall out of the sky. But on the other side, no. See, I, I like... Like, every time we had honkers coming our way, like, I knew like, y'all are going to die. Yeah. I think for... And this is one of the things that I love about waterfowl, even though there's some easy aspects of waterfowl compared to, like, deer hunting. Yeah. Or turkey hunting or some of the, you know, other forms of hunting. There's easy aspects of it because waterfowl can be a little more predictable in my opinion like if you're on the x you're gonna kill birds if you you know set up the right kind of spread have a good blind you could be off the x if your calling's 
you know, pretty good and you do it at the right time, you're probably still going to kill birds. But at the same time, one of the things I love about waterfowl is almost the constant mind game that they play with you at times. I know it is fun to get in the blind and just wax them. I love it. Don't get me wrong. That weekend in late October last year, those two or three hunts that we had in a row there, where, I mean, we didn't have limits each day, but we had ducks all over us. We killed a few geese. Yeah. Loved it. Every single second of it. It was fantastic. It was a real ducky day. Windy as hell. Mallards in our face. Banded geese. It was awesome. But sometimes I like being able to figure out how to kill kill these birds when they're not working. And for me, if we have lessers again, that's probably all I'll be able to think about in December and January in particular, trying to kill those lessers. It'll be a, it'll be a mission, and yeah, I got them to land. So you know what? <laughs> <laughs> On your layouts, because I got them to land. So I ah. well, I just watched geese every time I went with you guys. So well, didn't come at the right time because I got at least one hundred and fifty to two hundred landings. So uh, yeah, well, I got to shoot at them. That you was didn't fun. Tell me sometimes. So. I got the I got the setup on key. It's just that those blinds they get nervous and they fly higher and they fly higher than uh, honkers do. They don't come in more horizontal. They come a little more vertical, and that's what gets us. The other thing is, I'm going off what I've seen other people have serious experience with, dude. I don't think they're almost lessers. Almost act like snow geese. You gotta be as loud as you freaking can. It seems like. Yep. So that is actually, I probably should look at getting one here in the next couple weeks. That's one of my goals to become a better goose caller before season starts. It starts with getting a different call because <laughs> just <laughs> I've got yeah. the cheap like buck gardener. <laughs> you just need to get. Uh, you just need to get something and get learning on it. All you got to do is a cluck. Cause like when you get that, when you get four or five guys going, you get one or two guys that really know what they're doing. And then the other guys, you just cluck along. Like you're just a single goose hanging out in the crowd. Yeah. Cause if you do that, like, or even just a moan, like a low tone moan or like, uh, the other one good is to create some, like when the one geese are, uh, when they're feeding, they make this, and, like, if you get a bunch of them together, like a huge flock, you'll hear it. It's just like a, I don't even know how to make it without having a call on me. But it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like that kind. I wish I had my call. I don't even know where my calls are at right now. Oh, actually, I think they're, you keep talking. I, I think I know where they're at. Keep talking. <laughs> It's really weird not to talk to somebody. I could, dude, I could never do a podcast just by myself, but uh, found it. Good. hundred and put me on the spot for long. Let's hear it, Chief. All right. I'm going to try to do this without, like, hurting ears. Jeez, that thing really needs some reworking. Just like that. 
kind of like it's just a low ground border borderline like it's like a, like doing a chuck, feeder chuckle or something yeah like, like a that. slow yeah. feet chuckle it's like you just end up making a lot of low groan noise because like you just got all those especially a lot of those geese when they're hanging out on the hanging out on the ground they're just making noise yeah but i think with man with those with those little geese there's times we've just like stopped trying to call them and they just lift up and go well, that's because they quit hearing the noise because they're just like it i just I, I love how dustin like talks about they're like little pterodactyls i, oh, I love so it i love how he describes them because they just like <laughs> they just like come down run a few steps and run around and grab a few pieces of corn and start flying again. yeah it's, it's like yeah the first time i met dustin he hit me with the pterodactyl and i dude i Oh, I was laughing so hard. That was hilarious. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean. Seen, man, that was who wasn't there on Saturday. Oh, on Saturday. He's invited to the shower. Oh, okay. I, we really, like, we tried to keep it, like, we tried to keep it low as possible, just, like, very close fam- friends and family, and, like, we tried to keep a low number, and then it just kept growing. Like, it started yeah. out it was supposed to be, like, 20 people, and then yeah. it just, like, kept growing. That's how it always goes, though. Oh, with the shower, we're kind of inviting a little bit of everybody. Well, inviting everybody. <laughs> yeah. So. I think Trell might be a little hurt if you don't invite him. Did he Did he get upset? <laughs> upset? He already had plans, so it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But I basically, <laughs> he was like, oh, I want to go. And I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, I. It's probably not the greatest conversation for a podcast, but I basically told him, I was like, it's okay for me to have my own friends too. <laughs> We're sorry, Terrell. Oh, he's good. I, don't, I don't even know if he listens. He though. does, actually. Oh, he does. oh, dude, I got so much feedback from all my friends on our last one because Terrell, literally, Terrell listens to every one of them, hmm. which is good. I, you know, love the support. Yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> um, but he hopped into our group chat and he, we, we talked about all my dirt dirt biking friends in that podcast, obviously, and he got in the group chat and he's like, uh, "Dirt bike bros made an appearance in the in the podcast this week," and so everybody started listening. And like, <laughs> I saw Colin. You've met Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you've met most of those guys. <laughs> I saw Colin after he'd listened to it. He gets to my house, picks something up, and he's like, "Bro, you had me tearing up." <laughs> I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Uh, but no. Sure. Well, I guess apparently this, I'm doing this for you, Terrell. This this uh, podcast apparently is now sponsored by the Dirt Bite Bros. The Dirt Bite Bros. <laughs> That's a mouthful. That's hard to say. Yeah, Dirt that was kind of Dirt Bite Bros. There we go. Like a tongue twister. <laughs> Terrell, say that five times fast, and then send it to me on Snapchat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. I don't even know where we were at. Talking uh, about lessers, uh, yeah, the headaches they are. I just want, I just want honkers back. Uh, I mean, I know where we can kill some honkers for about the first week and a half, two weeks of season. I agree. I uh, like actually, I've I've found a few other spots in this spring and summer. Uh, just kind of scouting around. I got a few other places that we're gonna have to look at, see if we can, yeah, make something work for those first couple weeks because. There's at least two lakes that have just a ton of them as well. So let's talk about something else. 
it's the same subject, the same thing. Let's talk about the spring and summertime. So the other part of this article talks about the redevelopment of Canada geese and how the population has now exploded. Now the population is so exploded that it's almost like an issue in certain areas. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's certain areas. And you're seeing this in like suburban developments is they have they have ponds that are aerated, so they tend to stay open longer than other ponds. And so mm-hmm. therefore you get like massive amounts of geese stacked up on residential ponds that nobody can get to. Well, and then you also get people that do things like Lincoln, Nebraska did about uh, 40 years ago where they put geese out like pets on some of, at some of our parks and didn't think about the fact that they would just, I don't know, make more geese. <laughs> Uh, it is it is so bad for people that don't live in Lincoln. I'm sure we have a few listeners. Uh, every spring, which I actually, I don't really love this, but they have to go around and oil all the nests yeah. around some of our parks to make sure our number, because a couple of years ago, I mean, we had some ridiculous numbers. They had to take a few of them out. Yeah. So, so speaking to that, <clears throat> another another reason why they've become an issue is golf courses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've bet a lot of, I've bet a few people and gave, I'd say, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can hit that goose at the ball. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple groups out in the Highlands that we play at. And, uh, there's a group that always hangs out on the night off the night tee. So there's the night tee. You got to go over the water and like right near landing zone is where the geese like to hang out. Yeah. Never gotten close. Cause I suck. There's a video that probably got taken down from TikTok because of all the crazy guidelines that TikTok has now. Yeah. But um, there was a video on there for a while of this group of guys that are golfing. And they've got, dude, it's like 100 geese in front of them. They're they're at, you know, they're teeing off. Yeah. Uh, Who knows what hole, it doesn't matter. But there's like a hundred geese standing in front of him. And I don't know if this guy thought he was going to get enough lift from the tee to go over him, but no. And he just crushes this goose in the head. I mean, it killed the thing. No question about it, but (laughs) you just like, he's the guy's videoing him uh, drive. And then like, he just starts freaking out and pans over to this goose that is just doing the, doing the flop. (laughs) Just crush the thing and I, uh Oh shoot, speaking of geese. What? Old Dane son. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. So allegedly Okay. I'll he, give him the benefit of the he doubt. He told me he didn't, but he found a dead goose on the side of the road. It's like it was born in twenty nineteen in the area. Yeah, beyond. in the area. So it, it just there's a lot of suspicion going on. Cause like <laughs> I'll give him that the goose, which honestly probably should throw it up on the forum, but or on the Big Red Hunters podcast page. You know, you should go look it up and uh, follow and uh, be a part of the group. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, but it looks like it got hit by a vehicle. I will yeah. give him that. The thing looks smacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by a Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> Let's just hope. Ironically, that it wasn't a, hunters. He's got a dent in his, <laughs> his uh, bumper. He uh, says it's, he says it's from a deer, and he yeah. like pictures and all this. But you know, if Dane hit a goose too, because 
he has been on a spree of just hitting things. Who knows what's going on with Dane this mm-hmm. this summer? <laughs> da, 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 da. Band, but it just happened that it was a band of goose. Mm-hmm. He he sent sent me sent sent us pictures while we were all at work. I literally looked at it and I immediately the thought that I had was. If that thing was banded anywhere but where he's at, I'm going to flip a lid because <laughs> <laughs> apparently I just shoot a bunch of locals and everybody, <laughs> everybody I take out. <laughs> everybody I know in the group has shot one other than Lincoln except you. And you've shot probably the most bands out of all of us. <laughs> yeah, I've got like, I want. I think I'm at eight now. Because Adam got one this year from Norfolk. Yeah. Uh Dane got, I don't remember where he's gotten one from. Uh, I know. There was somebody in the group that shot one from Sydney. I know that. I think that was Dane. And then Jared got one from farther north. I got one from North Dakota in your face. So basically, yeah, pretty much the whole group. We shot a lot of bands this year. I think four or five. I shot three by myself. Okay. <laughs> so plus two or three. Because I got one. Adam got one. Seven. Jared two snow, got one. A snow and a blue. Yeah. So we shot nine. Nine bands. Damn. That's pretty good That's for a That's a good year. Surprisingly. I wish we'd gotten a duck band. That would have been nice. I wish I would have gotten Noah a Noah shot band. a duck band across from us. You think that pains you. That yeah, pains me. At least it was like a green wing teal. No, I, I, I don't care, dude. I do. If I shoot a duck band, I'm going to be so happy. I want a spoon bill, man. Dude, that would take What would you do if uh, Dakota brings a duck band back to me before Noah brings one to you? I haven't decided. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've, I'd just be really, I would be, I'd really struggle with that because there's a part of me that is just like super happy yeah. for you and the dog, but then also very envious and did also not, would want to kind of fight you. <laughs> did Nala bring any of those geese back this year? She brought Brad's back yeah. for sure. I know, I know she brought Brad's back. I mean, she only, like, basically crossed a whole lake to get mine, and then you took it from her. Oh, stop it. She had no... <laughs> by the time I got to that thing, she had no idea where it was. She was trying to go meet up with Noah. <laughs> really? Yeah. She, she was, was on the of, island, but... I well, don't. she made it all the way to the East Shore with me. Yeah. And then I kind of was like, go back. I, dude, I didn't want her to go all the way across the lake with the goose in her mouth with that wind. Either. I literally was like... And I, I had to force her off of it. Yeah. I was like... Come on, go. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, that. I was wondering how that scenario was going to play out in my head when I was standing the, because I, I saw her on the island. I saw you get up the island and I saw her. I, I was like, I could tell you were like trying to get her to go back instead of coming with you, but I knew she was going to go with you. And I was like, oh, cool. And then you got to the far bank. I heard you shoot. I figured she'd go get it, bring it back to you. And I knew the moment that she, like, had that goose, she wasn't going to leave it until yeah. she, we, you guys got back. And I was wondering how that was going to play out. I was like, I wonder if he's going to, like, throw her on the kayak. But that would, like, oh, sink both of that them. That kayak, I already was having a hard time in those. Which, I don't know if I, I haven't sent you a picture. I got a new kayak. Oh, really? I, I forgot to tell you about that. I got a new one. There so, no sinking this year. I It had to be happened. I should not have been out in that kayak. <laughs> that kayak was a <laughs> hazard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I should At least that day. Yeah. Well, had, I, I told you it had a crack in the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> this new one. This new one 
has a 400 pound weight capacity. Mm. So I'm not worried about it. You throw a few geese, geese in there. Well, my hope is one day to, I want, there's certain places that I would love, I want to get out, like I want to get a blind for it. Yeah. And then, uh, freelance does this he's got a little blind on the back of his kayaks for his dog for georgie yeah i want to do that with dakota that'll actually probably want to be <laughs> one of the first things i try and get her used to is sitting in a kayak hmm. well she's small yeah because i've seen people wait until they're like almost you know, six to nine months old before they put them in a kayak and they're just, like, not sure what to do about it. I have seen that. I've also seen blinds, too. Dude. I just left the blind in the the living room and letting all uh, just get used to it and get used to hanging out in it. Yeah. So. Anyways. Dog needs to go out, do something. She's getting bored. She needs to kill something. I tell you about her. Yeah, I told you about her killing that bird, didn't I? I don't remember who it was. Somebody told me that she killed the bird, and it, it traumatized Shay. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the park. It was uh, Nala's birthday last week, so she's three now. Woo. What a legend! Legend. Um, she can drink now. <laughs> uh, please don't. Please don't give your dog alcohol. <laughs> they do make. They make pup brews. Yeah, but it's not. There's it, no alcohol. Yeah. It's, but either way, so I took her to Shields, did that deal, brought her home, uh, took her to the park, did, you know, let her play, whatever. And uh, on the way back, she just, like, was sniffing something. I guess I didn't really pay that close attention. And then she turned and, like, acted like she was following a scent. Next thing you know, like, if anybody's hunting with Nala, she has a very distinct, like, like 90 lag. degree turn point like turn point and like you know she's mm-hmm. and nala nala's a flusher so like it's like one two count and then she's gonna attack whatever she's going after mm-hmm. and like what normally happens with pheasants is they sit low she gets them stopped and then she nips and either like wild ones she can't get to but like pheasant race or pen race she'll eat them <laughs> or get on top of them but she went to go do her flush, and it was a baby bird in the grass, <laughs> and just picked this thing up and chomp mopped it. <laughs> and Shay, Shay's, you know, she's pregnant, and uh, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble for this, but pregnant women are just hormonal. <laughs> and she had a bad day because she already killed a bunny with her car on accident, and so like she's really like, yeah. So all the things kind of add up. She just like scurrying like. No, and I was, I was like, like, relax. And she's like heading towards home. Like started walking in front of us, and she, she's like really upset. And I'm like, it's okay. It's, I'm trying to calm her down. Like Nala's freaking out because you know, like the screaming and like it's all kind of a mess situation. And I was like, you gotta relax. Like she's doing what she's like trained to mm-hmm. do. Like that's exactly what she should yeah. have done. And then I realized it's a baby bird, but like. What do you expect? Right. <laughs> this dog is a murderer. Let her. I, I, she's trained to kill things. Like, what do you expect? So Nala got to. Nala hadn't killed a bird in a while, so it was a birthday. So she killed a bird. Happy birthday, Nala. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nala. You got to murder a baby bird. 
Uh, so, Nala did Nala things, is what I'm saying. Yeah, if we get a cool day, you ought to take her out and do some shooting and get her, get her some retrieves. Yeah, I agree. But now with it being going to be mid till it's late July. It's literally supposed to be almost 100 degrees every day for the next 11 days. Yeah, and then we go to Branson for a week. So I can't imagine Branson in late July. That sounds disgusting. I've been there in early September, and I hate that. It's awful and fantastic because we're going to be boating. So literally we're going to be in the <laughs> lake. I'm paying for that gas. Trust me, dude. I am not like... <laughs> I'm lo- I'm I'm really looking forward to this trip. Mm-hmm. I'm really not looking forward to paying for the gas because like they normally pay for lodging, like they usually like pay for it all up front, and then they like I'm because they're taking us on the trips, awesome vacation. Like we all like the way we do it. They usually pay for lodging. Everybody like so Drake and her Drake and his girlfriend. Ori and Dave, and then us, we all, like, pick certain meals to do. So, like, we'll do two breakfasts, mm-hmm. two lunches, and two dinners. Yeah. That way everybody didn't, like, one person doesn't have to make lunch and dinner every day. So, it works out awesome because we, majority of the time, we all, like, pre-make meals. Mm-hmm. That way it's, like, quick. It's awesome. If you need any vacation ideas, there you go. <laughs> but uh, we go boating. And last year, last year. I think we'll boat, like, actually drive less this year because yeah. Shay's pregnant. But last year, we boated for, was it four or five days straight? I don't think I paid for the last day. I think I paid for, like, all the other days, and it was between six and 700 bucks. Because we normally do, like, two, I want to say two tanks of gas usually every day. Well, and you're, playing, you're paying for the late gas. Yeah. And it's... Which is, like, already... Yeah. Last year it was probably already almost five dollars a gallon. Yeah, trust me, buddy. I can't yeah, I can't imagine. So I'm I would assume we boat less, but I'm assuming the the price will probably be more, even though we yeah. boat less. Because, like you still I mean Branson still, even if you do like a certain you go one area, it's still gonna be a long, long ride. Because it's a it's not a super wide lake. It's a super it's a long, long lake. Yes, very. And then there's like millions of branches oh, that you can get off it's into. It's crazy. You you could be there for two weeks. You'd never see the entire lake. Yeah. Because we, <clears throat> so there was one time we literally, we got up, we got going in the morning by like nine ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. We followed, we followed the north part and we just kept going and going and going and going. And I think we finally hit the end. And, like, we finally hit the end, got gas, and started going back. I think we were, like, of of all the time that we were driving, I think we drove, like, or boated, I guess, boated for eight hours straight mm-hmm. because it was, like, two to three, four hours that way and then two to three hours mm-hmm. back. So, other than peeing and we stopped and had lunch. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we could have still kept going, but that's where we basically stopped. But yeah, cool trip. If anybody has some time to get away, Branson's an awesome place, especially for boating. Awesome. I love going, me personally, I like going to the south part of the lake. Yeah. Because you can go down the Arkansas River, and that river's really warm. I think we usually go to the south side. 
So what? you go out towards the dam, and then you go dam, and then a little bit west, and then you just keep following your way back there, and it's like... But last time we were there, we went to the cliffs. Have you ever cliff jumped? Ah, uh, dude, cliff jumping's not for me. I don't know. There's... I See, this probably won't make sense to many people, and they'll probably just say that I'm just afraid of heights, but I'm not afraid of heights. Like, I can look down something and be totally fine with it. I can, you know, stand at at the top of something and be totally fine. Um, but the moment I am falling yep. or uh, feel like I'm losing control and might fall, freak out. <laughs> Absolutely freak out. Uh, yeah. Have you ever been to... Uh, Zion National Park. Mm-mm. If you ever go, there's it's called Angels Point, um, and there is a section where you're crossing trying to get to Angels Point. At least I believe it's called Angels Point. Somebody will probably correct me if it's not, but you have to cross this little section, and you're like on the side of a rock that's just got a groove in it, but it f- <laughs> goes down like several hundred feet mm. and they're like it's it's enough that you have control but at a certain point i my shoes slipped that was as far as i went because yeah. i felt like i didn't have enough control of myself yeah and i literally was like all right everybody else can go further if they want i'm turning around <laughs> <laughs> because i i just don't like i'll look and i'll i'll stand up there all day but if i think there's a chance that i'll fall which all, which leads into I I can't get myself to jump off of a cliff because lose your mind. What I, I did really. So they did have, you do a backflip or something? No, like so. There's that cliff in the middle of the lake that's like ten fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. It's more like a kid's spot. It's really fun. We jumped off there a couple times. No, there's a spot that's way back there. On it's on the yeah, it would be in the north and then west part of the lake. It takes forever to get back there. I think it took a two or three hours worth of boating to get back there. <clears throat> they have a small one that's twenty five feet. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about this. Fifteen feet, you jump off. You think, holy shit, and you hit the water. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Twenty five feet, you jump. Holy shit, holy shit, hit the water. Fifty feet. Like, like when you're walking up to the lake, and you look down, it's fifty feet. Like. The boat looks small. The people look small. You can see straight across, like, where the lake is, where the top of the the plateaus or the ridges are, and you're just looking down. And you, so this is what happened. We get up there, and, like, you're climbing up this, like, steep cliff with this rope, and you get up there. Dude, like, Drake's girlfriend just, like, like, no problem. Just, like, not even think about it. Flump, and I'm like, she hits the water, and it's fine. So I'm sitting up there with Drake, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. And Shay climbs up there, and we're all sitting there, and Drake's, like, trying to talk himself into this, like, yeah. really trying. And I'm like, all right, buddy, like, if I'm going to do this, like, I got to do it quick. Because if I'm, like, if I'm sitting up there, I'm going to talk myself out of this. Get up there, look, look down, and I'm like, whatever, this is, like, I... I don't want to do this. Like, I feel, oh, my gosh. And I finally just said, I, sorry, excuse my language. So if kids are listening, turn down for a second. I look out, and I'm like, fuck it. Jump off. <laughs> Dude, there was, like, 
five holy craps and you you like you're falling for a good five or six seconds so you're like processing everything that's going on and all you can think about is oh shit this is gonna hurt and about that time just yeah and so when i came down i came down at an angle all the like all the pain all the pressure hit my tailbone and my butt yeah so i'm just like sitting in the butt i'm just sitting in the water like oh my god like Oh my butt! Yeah, my butt! <laughs> and they they pull over the boat. They're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh. <laughs> I crawl on the boat and like almost for like 20 minutes after that, my butt was just like throbbing. Yeah. And Drake, he ended up climbing down, which to this day I still make fun of him. Like, ah, sucker! I'd be like on his wedding day, I was like, you know, you're getting married, but you still didn't jump off that cliff. So, are you a man? Like. He gives me crap, and honestly, like, oh, jumping from that high, it hurts. Since his girlfriend was so small, like, just thump, no problem. But me, yeah, that's my two hundred pounds. Just, yeah, so, yeah. I still give him crap this day, though. He gets mad about it. It's funny. Well, I'd, I probably would have been right there with him. I don't think I would have been able to jump off of that. Heck, it was almost as dangerous to climb down the cliff than it was to just jump <laughs> off the cliff. Like it, yeah, it's steep true. and it sucked. Well, you prob- all, probably wouldn't have gotten me up the cliff because <laughs> it was all it's all like washed out through there. But uh, the twenty five foot cliff is pretty fun. Like it's not like not bad at all. I probably like don't get me wrong. I probably could do small ones because I mean I've jumped off of like a high dive yeah. before, but. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I'd go off that 50 foot of Clint like again. <laughs> I did it once. It was great. Like I'm happy to conquer that fear, but like my butt. <laughs> oh my god. The other that thing hurt. that terrified, which I, because I've seen the I've seen some of these cliffs that you speak of, but the other thing that terrifies me about those is the people that you see videos of people who jump off of stuff like that, and they nearly hit the rocks that are like, yeah, at the bottom. Oh, that terrifies me. Yeah. I see those videos and I'm like <laughs> the whole time just watching it, just freaking out. Right. Uh, no, I agree. I'd, oh, I don't know. You definitely would never be able to convince me if I had to clear rocks. Yeah. Because I'd never, I don't think I would be able to get myself to clear rocks. I would literally psych myself out so much that I would just. I probably would hit them and sleep forever, you know. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Dakota. Yeah. I'd take care of your dog, though. <laughs> uh, I always say that Nala's going to get it, or going to have a, or I'm going to have another dog when Nala gets to retirement. So I guess it's not <laughs> retirement age, but yeah. I'll take care of Dakota for you. I do. I keep, I keep having this conversation with Dane. It's like once my dog gets, to her going point we're gonna have three dogs in their prime yeah i think we're gonna kill a lot of pheasants in the next couple years the old booner we gotta get douglas down here yeah true that all right let's go and jump off the podcast you good i'm good all right y'all appreciate you listening to this thanks for tuning in we talked about a lot of random crap but funny crap teal obviously is most dangerous bird out there, so be careful this September. Heads up. (laughs) 
I'm sure we'll talk about Teal when we get closer. Oh, for sure. We got some exciting stuff moving in. So, all right, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in the Big Red Hunters podcast. If you want to join the community, uh, jump on Facebook, uh, type in Big Red Hunters podcast fans forums, and go ahead and click and hit like or join. I can't remember which one, but want you to join the community. Love to have the conversation. If you got an opinion of a waterfowl that's more deadly than a teal, which it there isn't, love to hear your opinion <laughs> and why. I want to hear big, your opinion, but it's wrong. That's the big question, why. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night.